Welcome everybody to another fine edition of Frankensteiner. I know you guys have missed us. Uh, it's been a few days since we've recorded a couple episodes, and actually we just debuted, re-debuted with our new show, which is going to be Frankensteiner's, um, I think right now it's just called Smackdown Dynamite. Um, but that is Steve and Amy and Marty. They're going to be running that show for a little bit, and then we'll probably switch back and forth. Um, give you guys a total download about everything that's been going on. Had some personal stuff going on, so kind of had to take some time away. Um, so this is the second podcast I've recorded in probably 14 days. It's been a little while. Um, but everything will start getting up and running. Give you guys a heads up. You'll get get the KO on Tuesdays as well as this new show. So Raw's NXT um, will be on Thursday, but you're getting it today as a special bonus. And then... On Saturdays, you're going to get uh, Smackdown Dynamite. So, be a lot of cool stuff going on. You guys just bear with us, ride a train, and this is Franken Cultures Presents Frankensteiner. But, I am your host, Clifford Red Dog Miller, and usually, my co-host, Julie Jubaka would be here, but she's out, unfortunately. She's kind of sick. So, we had to scour the earth. We had to find, we had to search the deepest parts of Mordor. For some of you guys who don't know, that's Lord of the Rings. We had to search the highest mountaintops and the lowest valleys to find the man, the myth, the legend himself. You guys know him as WCF or AUW's very own Mr. Logan. Hello, hello, hello. I am back again. Thank you for having me, Mr. Clifford. The Red Dog Miller. (laughs) So... It's been a while. For some of you guys who listened to Get the KO, you guys would have heard Loken. This is actually, I think it's your first time on Frankensteiner, right? This is my first time. Yeah, so for you guys who don't know, Logan is an avid wrestling fan, as well as an avid mixed martial artist as well. He loves the MMA. Um, but we have a lot to cover, a lot of ground, so let's just get started. What do you think? Uh, where, where are we starting at? Where you want to start? You want to start with Raw? You want to start with AEW? You want to start with NXT? So we're going to start off um, with Monday Night Raw, right? Um, it was its season okay. premiere. It was a massive show. Um, but a lot of cool stuff came out of it, right? So a lot of cool stuff came out of it. We'll keep it that way. We got a we got a brand new set. Uh, yeah. Looks like they took a page out of Tony Hawk's book. Right? I think I saw a couple of people on Twitter talking about, um... Somebody tagged Casey Canzano and was like, hey, Casey, do you think you could run up that wall? And she was like, no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Uh, it, was a, it was a great call out. I think I saw other people. Somebody else did a picture of uh, Big E doing the splits and like sliding down it. <laughs> I was like, yo, fans are crazy. Yes. Yes, they are. Um, I the new set is kind of cool, kind of like I don't know. Like I, I totally prefer SmackDown sets more. I think it was better, and even though at first glance, like when I first seen it, I was just like, you didn't really do much. You just kind of kept kept the same set and added a few little side features to it. But the few side features that they did add, it made the set more cool. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I just I just thoroughly enjoy it, and then like combined with the power techniques on the SmackDown set, I think SmackDown set went. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I thought the SmackDown set looked a lot better than the Raw set. I like the Raw set, though, because it it's just it looks like one big giant Titantron all the way down. So I gave it that. And then... I mean, I'm, I'm kind of over the one big giant Titantron because they did that for WrestleMania. They did it for Crown Jewel. Uh, fucking TNA was doing it for a while. Y'all, y'all can do better. Get more cool. <laughs> but this is what was crazy right so we have opening package now we have a theme song legendary by skillet which is which, great yeah you know, your theme song unfortunately now that you gotta change it <laughs> i have to change it that was my theme song at auw so now i have to change that again um but we also got <laughs> we also got three new um three new a new announced team right so vic joseph dio madden and a returning Jerry the King Lawler is in the play booth now, so um, that's your team. Vic Joseph, Vic Joseph, I don't mind. I don't know, unfortunately, the African American gentleman dreads. At first glance, I thought he looked like Fetty Wap, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but but this, but the commentary was solid. I'm I'm unfortunately I'm aged out of Jerry Lawler. I appreciate his subtle comedy, his subtle jabs at fat people. But it is, I don't know, man. It is, I, I, I don't know. I'm, I yeah. feel like they could do better. Like, I like Vic Joseph. I like Vic Joseph a lot. Uh, the other guy was, as you can tell, he was very new to doing commentary. Vic Joseph and Jerry Lawler kind of just carried him through. It was like, okay, he'll, he's one of those guys that they're molding to eventually get it. Kind of like what they were doing with Renee Young for a while. Right. And when, until Renee Young got like more comfortable, it was like, no, she's, you feel me? She's no Taz. She's no, she's no Mario Ronaldo. She's no motherfucking, uh, you feel me? She's, she's not an ace at it, but she got better. I do, I do think in due time, he will get better. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I'm, I'm still out on Dio. Um, I was listening on 205 Live. Like, I thought he was doing a, a pretty good job there, but. You know, it's like no one really listens to 205, so it's like you don't really get a whole lot. Um, I am waiting because I am kind of curious to see if uh, Mickey James is going to get pulled up from main event and get put on the Raw team, and eventually she'll be the one that replaces uh, Jerry King Lawler because I think he's just there till he wants to be done, and then once he's done, he's he's going to walk away from it. Um, so I think I think it'll be cool to see what's going to happen, but. Uh, yeah, Dio, you can definitely tell Dio is, is very Oscar to Grouch Green. You're welcome there, Chaz, <laughs> um, at his job. <laughs> so, we'll, uh, we'll see. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. The best, and... I would say the best, uh, yeah, the best thing about being green is you, you can only get better. Exactly. Like, you feel I me? Mean? There's, only, there's only room to grow. Also, we get to return up Pyro. It. Oh, yes. Fucking, I fucking love it. Um... <laughs> Surprisingly enough, uh, certain people didn't get pyro, and I thought we actually like, went back to like Rey Mysterio as a kid. It's like normally like it's like a big thing where the sparks go out and it comes out. It's like maybe I'm showing my age, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of Rey Mysterio, so Rey Mysterio opens up the show and kind of dedicates everything to his son. Talks about I'm gonna fight for the title. This is for you, son. I love you, son. Blah 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 blah. This that son 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 son. Yeah, it's almost and, and still and then comes input Brock Lesnar and yep. Paul Heyman 
uh, Brock Lesnar snatched the damn microphone from Mysterio. Anybody who knows Rey Mysterio knows that Ray ain't no whore. <laughs> no. So he's not having it. So Ray snatches the, mac- the mic back from Paul Heyman, goes to say something, only to get and F5 then, by Brock Lesnar. <laughs> and get the hell beat out of him by Brock Lesnar. In yeah. front of his son. Yeah, in front of his then, kid. While he's laying helplessly, <laughs> then while he's laying, while the father is laying helplessly, he then, Brock Lesnar, I'm saying, then goes to attack Dominic. And for all of you that don't know, this is a complete work because Dominic has been trained to become a pro wrestler. This is his first actual bumps in WWE. And shout out to him for taking everything without catching the attitude about it from Brock Lesnar. Boom. And he this might... is a great way to build heat on Brock Lesnar because what's, like, you know, what's worse than, than a guy beating up a father and then beating up his son right afterwards? Yeah, I mean, let's be real, though. The fuck Dominic going to do to Brock Lesnar? <laughs> like, it's Brock. Like, even if you were, like, even if he was trying to catch an attitude, Brock would have just shut him down anyway. But it was, I don't know, I felt I felt bad. Like, I f- and that's what I was supposed to feel. I was feel bad because mm-hmm. it's a father trying to protect his son. His son's just catching the ass whooping. And, <laughs> bro- and, like, Ray's trying to do everything to, like, protect his kid that he can do. But he's getting beat down, too. And then Brock Lesnar attacked Fit Finley. I was like, oh, man, you hurt my childhood there. Beating up Finley, too. <laughs> um Eventually. It was a great way to it was a great way to build heat. Not like he didn't already have enough heat for going against Kofi later on that week, but we'll we'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> yeah, so segment ends, we go to commercial, we come back, and the first match takes place, which is Sasha Banks versus Alexa Bliss. Um of course um, Bailey and solid. Nikki were banned say, from uh, ringside. Yeah, so they were banned from the ringside. Um what did you think of the match overall? I'll let you talk about that match because um, I, I, I really like Sasha. I love Sasha as a wrestler. Um, I'm, I'm not an Alexa Bliss fan. And um, honest to God, I've never seen her in a match that impressed me. Yeah, so well, with this match, yeah. right? So Sasha, Sasha and Bliss kind of start throwing down. Bliss uh, puts Sasha in a corner. Then kind of the two just had like their stare off. Uh, Becky actually had came out. She stood on the... She was working there with the commentary team. And then she stood on top of the table, which I think it was Jerry was like, you told me you were going to do this. I was like, she's the man. She'll do whatever she wants. Um, Eventually, like, Sasha ends up winning this match. It's kind of long, so we're short. Uh, Becky and her brawl. Yep. Um, and then, you know, Becky gets on the mic, says, hey, you made this, uh, made this personal. And... She's like, yep. I'm going to take you out. So pretty much that's what we're expecting for Helen. So I don't know if it was a great closing angle for, um, well, and, and to be honest, this wasn't even a closing angle. This was like another like shift in the story, but I don't know if I was a huge fan of it. Um, I liked, I liked the match, um, cause I think because the heat, the real life heat that's between Bliss and Sasha, like you kind of got to see it in the ring, uh, but overall, I thought the match was I thought the match was okay. I didn't think it was great. Um, Sasha obviously could sell very well. Bliss, I think she does a great job at parts. But overall, I was kind of like, eh, 
This match was good. Uh, it was a uh, it was a solid match. Solid. Yep. It wasn't a botch fest. It definitely wasn't yeah. a botch fest. That was that's very true. But, uh, um, but yeah, solid match overall. Um, what was the next? Match? So next matchup that we had. Uh, Robert Roode and Dolph Ziggler came out for the tag titles against. Oh yeah, uh, tag title Heavy match. Machinery. So Heavy machinery. Get this right. So Rudolph comes out right, and they're <laughs> sitting in the ring. We come back from commercial break, and Charlie is doing an interview, um, doing a recap of last week's Raw. Like so, the whole time they're doing this Raw, this recap, Dolph and Roode are in the ring. Just chilling. You're like, why would you bring them out? Why not just, hey, we're going to cut some commercial break. Do some stupid ad. Like, especially for the live crowd, do some stupid ad. And then when you come back, Charlie could talk about what happened on Raw. And then Rudolph can come out. Instead, you brought the team out. And then you just made them stand there awkwardly for like 20 minutes. Not doing anything. (laughs) I'm like, I hate you sometimes, WWE. (laughs) Because uh, they did the yes. thing, Seth came yeah, out, they... he cut an interview. After the yep. interview, Seth was talking about how mad he was about Rey Mysterio getting beat up and that this was a match he was looking forward to this whole time. Um, and then Heavy Machinery came out to their match. Yep. So, we have Heavy Machinery versus Dolph Ziggler and Bobby Roode. Uh, anybody knows me knows I'm a huge fan of Bobby Roode. I have nothing but the most respect to Ziggler, and I absolutely love the team of Heavy. So, with that being said, this match, I think, was absolutely... I was entertained the entire time. They they had me really into this match, and I, 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 I give it a solid thumbs up. Probably, honestly, two thumbs up, being exact. Um, do I wish they had dropped the belts to Heavy Machinery? Yeah, but as a new tag team, they also have to get established, if you're not off of. Yeah, in a way, getting yourself established than beating the uh, one of the real tag teams that you already have in Raw, which is Heavy Machinery. But the Heavy Machinery is really over right now, and they win over every crowd that they come in front of. It's amazing. Like even when they first come out, if the crowd is not behind them by the time they do their entrance, by the end of the match, the crowd is behind Heavy. Heavy Machinery is the real deal, people. I need y'all to start noticing. That. Well, technically, you guys are, are already noticing because you get to see it every time they actually wrestle in the match. Heavy Machinery is a real deal. They're going to be future champions. They're going to be stars. I'll kill anybody else. But go ahead, Cliff. Um, so the way this match ended, right, was Heavy Machinery goes for the compactor on uh, Rude. And instead, mm-hmm. once they go back, uh, once they load up for it, uh, Ziggler hits the zigzag on Otis. Or no, it was not Otis. It was on Tucker. And then eventually Otis gets thrown out. Tucker gets hit with a glorious TDT. One, two, three. Match ends. And that's actually the end of hour one, which it, I thought the first hour of Raw like, flew by. And I was like, wow. I was like, Jesus. Oh, it did, man. We only got two matches out of it. But... Right. All right. <laughs> uh, the first hour of Raw did fly by because they shoved a lot of fucking, um, a lot of story building stuff. Right. Get you ready for Hell in Cell. So once we come That's back good. from commercial, right, we had um, yep. The Miz was in the ring, and he 
send his regards to Rey Mysterio as well as Dominic. Which, by the way, we didn't mention that in middle of the match of Sasha Banks and Alexa Bliss, you could hear the ambulance leaving, which was you thought. I I honestly thought Scott Steiner was gonna come out. It's just like I was, I was all waiting for. Holla if you hear me. Um, Holla if you hear me. But anyway, um. <laughs> so the Miz TV segment, which yeah. I thought was interesting. Um, total botch on Ric Flair's little Titan Tron. When did what he become a seventeen-time world champion, people? When did he become a 17-time world champion, people? They, when? They took all when? of his NWA wins and just put them into one and then gave him that one. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> Clearly. But I digress. Okay, so this Miz TV was set up for to set up the uh, team match of Team Flair versus Team Hogan that's going to be happening at Crown Jewel. And I was okay with it. Um, awkward promos from Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair because I, had, before they actually decided to do that, like I had absolutely no idea where this was headed. Um, Randy Orton clearly doesn't give a fuck about a damn thing because he's just <laughs> well. Woo! Let's let's dive into he this for this. a little bit, right? So uh-huh. Hogan. So the segment starts right. Miz is in. Flair comes out. Hogan comes out, and then like. Flair immediately jumps. He's like, I'm so tired of hearing that music. Blah, 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 blah. Like, instantly goes in the heel. Hogan yeah. was like, Hogan's, like, rebuttal, he was pretty much like, hey, brother, like, I, you know, you're the greatest, you're the man, blah, 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 blah. And then Flair just went off the rails and was just like, you think you're you're the biggest draw, but you'll never be like me. You'll never be a 16-time champion. And we're like, where's this all going? Like, no, nah. Yeah, like I was very, very confused. I was just like, I legit um, thought I that Saudi Arabia set up. Yeah, like I was hoping to God they were about, weren't about to set up Hulk Hogan versus Ric Flair in Saudi Arabia because I'm like, I don't <laughs> want to see that. That was Jesus the same way. Like, I was it like, was come bad on, that we had to see DX versus Brothers of Destruction. God, I don't even want to think about that match, but that was a thing. Goldberg and Undertaker. I was like, I don't want to think about these matches. Literally, at the end of that match, you can see Shawn Michaels mouth to Triple H. We're too old for this shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so what ends up happening is that Hulk Hogan says, well, it sounds like you want to get on these 24-inch pythons or one more run at these 24-inch pythons, brother, but we're going to set up a five-on-five tag team match, and here's my team captain, which then Seth Rollins comes out, which, by the way, Seth Rollins, so far, I just, like say, I just want to say, complete. he hasn't come out looking good at all so far, right? Because... His interview with Charlie, he legit was like, I just feel bad for Rey Mysterio, blah, 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 blah. But, dude, where were you when he was getting his ass kicked? You were in the back. Miz, where were you at when Rey was getting his ass kicked? You were in the back. You were talking about – and in this promo, Miz was like, if anybody put their hands on my daughters, God only hopes what I would have done as a father. You didn't do dick for Rey. (laughs) Like, he – he watched his son get his ass kicked, and you were like in the back, like, "Oh, I'm glad I'm not Ray." Like, asshole. Anyway, Ric Flair then makes I his comment. Here's, <laughs> here's, here's my here's my team captain, and Randy Orton comes out, which then which is perfect. Randy, yeah, it is. It was a it was a good it was a good move. Um, and you know, Randy basically asked uh, Seth 
for a match. When he was going to, when he was going to pull his head out of Hulk Hogan's ass. <laughs> that was a good line. I did like that. <laughs> but I like, was supposed to heal, and I was supposed to boo that, but I totally didn't. It was fucking hilarious. So what really tripped me out too, right, was so. Ric Flair and Hulk Hogan are going to pick teams, right? And they're going to pick their 10 superstars, five on each side, respectively. So we know Seth is on Hogan's. So we know uh, Randy is on Rick. But then King Corbin comes out. Yep. And obviously we know he's going to be on Randy Orton's side. And they go to have a match with Seth Rollins, who the match never gets started. It just turns into like a beatdown angle where Rusev, of all the people, Rusev, comes down to save Seth Rollins. Um, and it was wild, right? So yeah, Seth was the guy. Yeah, because just pull that heel act by beating the fuck out of Mike Canellis a week before. Right. And then he's a baby face. And it, and it was funny because somebody brought it up. Uh, I think it was, I think it was Cultaholic brought it up that he just got his American citizenship. And that's probably why he's getting put on Hogan's team. It's because he's now a real American, quote unquote. Which is like, that's okay. stupid. So, um, I'm fine with that. Cool. <laughs> so, <laughs> anyway, the promo, uh, the segment ends. The problem that I did have with that segment is just like, because at first, didn't Randy Orton challenge you for that title that night? Because you said you were just open to any challenges. And mm-hmm. Randy Orton basically challenged you. And then you was just like, well, fuck Randy Orton's challenge. I'm going to go ahead and face the recession. Right. Not I was like, oh, okay, well, here's what we do. So, anyway, the, the faces get the upper hand. They go up. They go pose with Hulk Hogan like everybody does, including you, Bliss. Don't think we forgot. Of course. Um, but then we get to... Listen, get, if I ever got into a segment with Hulk Hogan, and I'm a face, I'm definitely going <laughs> to out your mind if you thought I wasn't going to do the pose. I'm definitely going to do the pose. <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> I yeah I hear you I'm I'm doing it too, so uh, Rusev saves like I said they do the segment and then they go back to a recap of what happened to Rey Mysterio to showcase like yeah he got his ass kicked go to commercial we come back Charlie asks Rusev where Lana is we'll get to that in a second but he's quiet and then he demands a title match from Seth because he saved him which apparently Seth was like yeah I'm in even though we never saw it. We go back to the guys sitting at the table, and this is what I, I wrote down. I legitimately wrote this down. Dio Madden is tall. Because <laughs> I, <didn't, laughs> I did not realize how tall this man was till he towered over Vic. And I know, t- I know Vic is a tall man himself. So I'm like, holy shit, like, Dio Madden, is, he's a tall-ass dude. Uh, next, we got an NXT promo for Riddle versus Cole, which we'll talk about that match in a little bit. Um, SmackDown for Kofi versus Brock, which we'll talk about that match probably longer than it lasted. And Hell in a Cell, <laughs> which uh, showcased this, um, Seth versus The Fiend, which we'll talk about that for a little bit. And then AOP had their promo, which was really cool. I do love AOP's promos right now. I love just, their promo. God. And the fact that they get to do it in their own language is lit. I, do, I don't... I'm tired of hearing these guys like talk... Like, you're forcing some of these guys to speak in English, and their English isn't so good, so their promos don't sound that legit. But if you gave Shinsuke, Shinsuke Nakamura the chance to do a promo in Japanese, he's going to sound way more fierce 
than him trying to speak in English because he's trying to find the words. So I think if we just let those guys speak in their native tongue and not put them as a heel all the time, we could we could, everything would be a little bit more effective. And that's what we're seeing with these AOP promos. So we jump into our next match, match three, right? Which yep. is a replay of every other match that we've seen so far. Uh, Viking Raiders versus uh, OC, which I don't know. Very you... solid match. Not better than the first one that they had the following week before. Right. But solid nonetheless. It was, it was, a, I, ain't really I loved got it. much to cover on that match. I, 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 once again, I thought it was a very solid match. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thoroughly enjoyed watching them work, but like, once again, I just seen this match the following <laughs> week before. Did you notice that the OC's theme song is like, a more rock version of Dean Ambrose's song. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I was like, thanks WWE for that. We just go over it. Anyway, um, so Eric slammed uh, Gallows. Ivar did a splash for the pin. Three count. And Once that was the match. The, the match, match was solid. Was I'll say the match was lit. Like, I don't, I don't know why, but I just felt like the first one was better. And then once again, um, I'm one of those people, like, I don't want to see the continuation of the same fucking match that I've seen, like, for months. But, once again, i just seen these guys wrestle the following before. And it was a great match. The only reason that was a great, like, the only reason I didn't mind seeing it again, because the first match was a great match. And the second match was, was a really good match. But, you ain't gotta shove this down our boots. <laughs> Well, there was a tag team turmoil exactly. match, right. right, where they just got double counted, or they got double DQ'd, and that was what it was. Which but I wanted fine. to see, I want to see one match Ooh. where it's like, they win, like, we'll say the Viking Raiders win, and then they run it in Hell in a Cell, and you just let them go balls to the wall. And I'm sure that match would have been, like, ten times more of the fire. It's just, well, we are getting the same match over and do, over again. I'm about to say, you don't want to do, they're already doing two Hell in a Cell this is a pay-per-view called Hell in a Cell. Every match should be in win. Hell in a Cell. <laughs> no, because then you've never had that come down. You feel me? Like, you want to be able to capture your crowd and keep your crowd, like, in to the ma- into the show. So if every, if every match is, like, a freaking super balls-to-the-wall, no-DQ match, audiences eventually never really have that that come now where the next match will pretty much uh, the, you feel me like they're going to have to damn near kill themselves in order to have like the audience be like yeah that was a, that was a great match we're going to get those come down matches every, anyway because like you got to have a come down match yeah but every match could still be in hell in a cell you can even have like quick matches it's just I just feel like it's dumb to like lift a, like, I was going to say it's, it's it's no point. I was going to say it's no point of having a quick match in Hell in the Cell because you don't get the whole mystique of what the Hell in the Cell is. Hell in the Cell is just not a match that's enclosed. You got to use that fucking cage. You got like amazing shit happens when you're in a Hell in the Cell match. It's been, it's been like this since the history of the Hell in the Cell, since the first Hell in the Cell, which Last I do year's believe was Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels. Last year's Hell in a Cell match. Ended in a double DQ, no contest, after Brock Lesnar came in and beat the shit out of Roman Reigns and uh, Braun Strowman. There is no DQ in Hell in a Cell, but we got that. It's not. And it's yet, not. It's no DQ in Hell in a Cell. But 
Yeah, that's what I'm saying. WWE, like, WWE hasn't had their shit together in a while. For me. <laughs> uh, other than NXT, other than NXT, other War than, Games is different. Like, War Games is. Different. I have, I have, a, I have a gripe. I have a gripe about uh, one of the NXT matches too, but I'll, I'll, I'll get to that later. Okay, well um, let's <laughs> let's jump into okay. So it's like, the yeah. segment, right? We had Cesaro uh, doing an interview talking about how Rey Mysterio what? is short. Yeah. Um, what the fuck, people? Like, we can we can skip all of that shit, and then you know you got Ricochet playing the tough guy, act, and then, and then come we we can skip the mystique. Okay, Cesaro versus Ricochet. First things first, what the fuck is up with Cesaro? Why is he wearing regular street clothes in the fucking oh. ring in wrestling? Hold on, I do want to say this though. That are way too short. So, I loved Cesaro when he's when Rey Mysterio was like, "You're not even half the man." That Rey Mysterio is. And then Cesaro was like, I'm double the man Rey Mysterio is. I have to say that is funny. But what I did like, uh, and, uh, and this course, counts, this, this, this is where it comes from. I like the idea that Cesaro was getting ready for, he, he wasn't expecting a match. And so once he got challenged by Ricochet, because Ricochet obviously was looking for a fight, he went out to the ring. And Cesaro was like, fuck it, I'm going to wrestle on these fucking loafers. And I think that's where the idea like comes from. The following week before he wrestled in regular clothes too. I'm like, where the fuck is Cesaro's gear? Like, what the fuck? Like, and then not only <laughs> all right. So you got Cesaro versus Ricochet, and I'm not taking anything in person against Ricochet. I love Ricochet, but a six minute match where Cesaro loses to a goddamn Hurricane, the West Coast pop. I'm not sure. Clean. Yeah. Clean. Clean. And it was a, not a it was a better not a West six, Coast pop a, than Rey Mysterio throws. I have to say that he was actually rabbit ass mine. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> he's a, he's a, um, okay. He's originator of the West Coast pop, but I've never seen Rey Mysterio do a front flip into a Huracan pin. I've only seen him do the West Coast pop from like a springboard position, just like normal. And I give him that, but. It's like Ricochet, Ricochet can uh, add a little bit of flair on there and do it. I so know Rey Mysterio did it when like, he was young. That, that move is basically like the move is technically the dragon, the dragon rattle. Yeah, is when you hit the fucking front flip into the Hurricane into a pin. It was originally called the Dragon Rattle, but we 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 get what it was and what it was supposed to be, was supposed to be up in the West Coast pop, but you know, the smart people. By the way. That was the end of the second hour. <laughs> Give an idea to people out there. Um, so we come uh, into the final hour of bad. Raw with yep. the greatest segment of all time, Firefly Funhouse. I know a lot of people don't like Firefly Funhouse. I don't care for those people. I don't need that negativity in my life because I think this is the best thing that WWE has going. And it's not even their creation. It's Bray's and I effing love it. But well, of course you definitely love it. We open up, everybody's scared, right? Abby, um, Mercy, um God, what is the pig's name? Um Huskis. Huskis is scared. And then Ramblin' Rabbit dies of a heart attack, which I think <laughs> at this time is the third time he's died because Mercy killed him. Um he died of a heart attack, and then Bray Wyatt has beaten him with a sledgehammer. So multiple yep. deaths. Uh, Bray said he was scared for what the Fiend was going to do to Seth and that he was going to uh, go talk to the Fiend and ask him to play nice with Seth 
and then he just started laughing, which I found out to be hilarious as well. Um, I I don't know. I'm just a huge fan of these segments. Embrace twistedness to like put his own spin on it. It just it gets me every time. Once we get to, oh. what's up? I was like, I was going to say, it was just like, Bray Wyatt's damaging. I, I just like the antics. I mean, he's always been a solid wrestler. Like, I like the Husky Harris character. But then when he developed himself and developed the character of Bray Wyatt, which was just amazing character, amazing concept, he did so much with it. And I followed it since the NXT's. But early in the season. Right. And the man just, it's like, if they don't pull the trigger with him at Hell in a Cell and put the belt on him and let, and let Seth win, it's going to murder the character of the Fiend. It's going to murder the character. The character is going to be pointless at this point. Yeah. I really, I really believe that. I really hope that – how do I put this? I really I, – I need them to pull the trigger, right? So we're recording this on Sunday, the same night as Hell in a Cell. I really need that trigger pulled. I really want that to happen. If it doesn't, it's it's a loss. That's all I'm going to say. Um, But we move on to – and you're right. It's going to just destroy the Fiend character because now what you can do, the Beast Slayer, the Monster Slayer, and the Fiend Slayer, piss off. Seth's cool, but he's not that cool. Um, going into mid- match number five, right? This is uh, AJ Styles versus Cedric Alexander. Again, this match. Uh, these again, guys, good match. Good match. But good we've seen match. it. But pointless fucking ending. Yes. Pointless I- ending. Why? Why? Now, uh, what, now, now what is AJ going to do? Does AJ even have a fucking match at home himself? No. Does it? We have four matches announced for Hell in a Cell tonight. It's ridiculous. Does I, does does AJ Styles have a fucking match at home? <laughs> AJ no. Styles, the phenomenal one, does not have a fucking match. Shinsuke Nakamura. I don't believe. No, I think Shinsuke is actually facing the Miz, right? I think so. Is he? It hasn't even been announced. We'll find out tonight. I guess we'll find out tonight. So, but you got your selling point. You got Seth. You got. You got Bray Wyatt, that's your selling point. You got Sasha, you got Becky, that's your selling point. Okay, got it. You announced Bailey versus Charlotte. That's that that's your selling point. Alright. Um what was the what was the fourth match? Um Bruh. Uh oh the WWE title Ro- is not no, gonna no, be no. that hell in the cell. It's <laughs> uh Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan versus Luke Harper and Eric Rowan. That's your that's your other match. Um okay. Um that storyline has been, I would say, the more interesting storylines. Not one of the best storylines underneath Bray Wyatt's story. Right. And that's 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 me being very very generous because anybody who knows me, I'm not a Roman Reigns fan. I'm not a Roman Reigns fan. People, you can judge me. I don't give a fuck. Judge your mama. But I'm not. Man, I'm not sold on him or anything that he does. But I will say. Segments have been solid. Yeah, I and given the fact that you're working with the guy, you're working with Dane. How this story but... like originally started? <laughs> like I was like, I don't understand what's happening right now. But where it's 
gotten to. I'm I'm excited to see that path, right? I love seeing Luke Harper back. I just it got so convoluted with other shit that just didn't matter. I was like, this is dumb. I don't like this story at it, all. It, it, it's storytelling, and I'm good with it because it gives it lets Roe talk. It lets Rowan talk. You feel I me? Mean? We get yeah. to see Rowan and Luke Harper team back up and actually be on television and do things other than obscure. Well, other than Rowe just choke slamming somebody every now and again. Daniel Bryan, which is okay because we got to see Rowan speed, but now he, you get to shine a light on him. You get to let the big guy talk and show that he's more than just a big dude. Well, He can talk. He can tell a story. He's always been solid in the ring. There's more to him than his ring. Well, let's let's hold off Luke on that Rob for a second because yeah, we, we have Hell in a Cell. We'll talk about that. for. A, we'll preview that in a little bit, but uh, the way this match ends with AJ's house, because we got to kind of get back to the segment. Uh, AJ, uh, Cedric was going for a lumbar check, got reversed into Styles Clash, one, two, three. Segment ends. Then everybody's favorite tag team, I don't care who you are, the Street Profits, come on and recap Raw and talk to us about what's going on. Cool. And then we get into match number six, which would have been Lacey Evans versus Natalia. Decent match. Ends with a, a roll-up into the women's right. And, uh, you know, Lacey grabbed the tights to get the pin. Cool. I just watched her segment, actually, on Up, Up, Down, Down with Xavier Woods. Really, really solid. If you guys don't know anything about Lacey Evans, I would suggest you guys check that out. Because she kind of deeps dive into, like, who she, who she really is and where everything comes from. I It was fantastic. Uh, she made a I... huge fan of me. I've been I've been a fan of Lacey Evans since then, so this isn't a surprise to me. I, I knew Shorty was the shit for a while. It was right. she was she green, and you know I, a little bit, especially coming up to uh, the main roster, being put in that main event spot with Becky. I would also like to add personally, like Styles make matches. As much as Styles make fights, Styles also make matches. And I do not believe Lacey Evans' style and Becky Lynch's style. Match. Right. Uh, like I just, I just didn't. Me personally, I'm not personally not a. Once again, I'm probably bashing one of y'all favorites again. Please don't. I'm, this is why I'm glad <laughs> I don't have social media, so I don't gotta get mean tweets. <laughs> so, but, um, I'm, kind I'm, of... I'm not a fan of Becky Lynch's in ring. I think her character work is super spot on, but her in ring work leaves something to. You know, it's a long. Yeah, anyway, so we're going to... How about the character work, but amazing. Let's just... We're going to fire off the rest of this, right? So, we get a recap of Brock's beatdown of Rey Mysterio. Charlie interviews Maria. Sasha Banks grabs a mic and says, you know, her piece about that's what she thinks about promo. Becky. Yeah, we're gonna, that's why I was like, we got to recap that, all this. <laughs> that promo was not good. SmackDown promo happens uh, for the new set and everything that's coming out. Uh, and then Rusev is already in the ring, and Randy Orton and King Corbin are sitting to the side. Um, Seth comes out, they start their match, going back and forth. Um, as Rusev starts to gain momentum in this match, Bobby Lashley's music hits. And he comes out, and, and he stops at the front of the stage. He starts waving to the camera, then he waves to the entrance, then he waves to the entrance, and he keeps waving. And then Lana's music hits. And let's 
let's talk about this fucked up thing for a second. So Bobby Lashley then pulls in Lana and they proceed to have the longest makeout session in history. It has to be in history. Like that has got to be a world record for longest makeout session on TV. On Monday Night Raw. On Monday Night Raw. And it looked like two high school kids trying to make out for the first time. It was fucking... It was disgusting. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm almost positive Rusev said, don't stick your tongue in my woman's mouth. But... <laughs> Yo, but... How uh, much of a Shout chunk? out to Rusev. No. No shout outs to Rusev, okay? He looked like a chump sitting in a ring for 10 minutes while Lana had Bobby Lashley's tongue shoved down her throat. Well, ladies and, ladies and gentlemen, this is pro wrestling, and it's a work. <laughs> you think they didn't talk about this? Oh. Rusev didn't have, to ha- didn't have a say in what was going to happen? Because I, po- I can almost positively tell you that he definitely had a say in what was going to happen. Because that's his wife. It doesn't. I mean, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that they'll have that conversation in the back. But it's like, like, we, the, the idea of WWE is to be, and, and Seth has said it, right? That there has to be a sense of realism to it. So why is it that, and, like, and as a man yourself and, and me, if I saw another man shoving his tongue down my wife's throat, first reaction, I'm going to have the same look that Rusev had, that the fuck is happening kind of thing. But not after that. I'm gonna run up there. I'm gonna fuck somebody up. I'm gonna beat somebody's ass. Rusev just stood in the ring for five minutes watching okay, this shit happen. So we also we also have a whole story to be what is pro wrestling, ladies and gentlemen, it is storytelling. No We don't know the story. We didn't get the scoop. This is only just <laughs> the gist. Rusev <laughs> just came back. Lana makes our appearance. Tongue, uh, like, you no know, slobs down Bobby Lashley as if he was a chocolate ice cream cone. All right? <laughs> we don't know what the fuck is going on. We have so many questions, but our questions will be answered in the following. Yeah. Storytelling. I bet the story gets dropped. I don't like, I don't like if the story gets dropped in this fucking. <laughs> and I just had my wife kiss a man for like five minutes on national television. For nothing. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> I didn't like the fact that the match ended like that. Yeah. Well, I was like, "That's that's stupid." You know, what's crazy though is it wasn't the, a disqualification. It wasn't a countout. It wasn't a nothing. It's just my wife is kissing another man, and that's the. End. Well, actually, because remember, all the lights turned off, and then the fiend attacked Seth Rollins. Oh yeah, the whole. That's how the. That's how everything ended. That's how we went off a raw. And I was like, dude, like uh, if that's, that, it's, no, I'm I'm sorry. No, how I felt like so. That's not the way you end. You, that's not the way you end your season premiere. No, uh, I, you obviously can't. I would say you obviously can't fucking murder the character of Rusev, especially just coming back and being a face. So you got to spare him. The shit could have ended in a double countout. It could have just ended in his qualification to bring Wyatt in. Up to some strange reason. I don't know who it is. I don't know if it's Paul Heyman. I don't know if it's Vince McMahon. But I am tired of these fucking cuck storylines. Can we fucking stop with the cuck story? They are cringy. They are super cringy. 
They are uberly fucking cringy. It's hard to look at. Hard to watch. It's hard to stay on the fucking channel when the shit's on TV. Right. Because yeah, I personally so. don't want to see that shit. So that's how that's how that's how Raw went off the air with the Fiend and makeout session with Randy Orton, King Corbin laughing to the side. It was what it was. So we gotta move over. So fast forward two days. We now hit Wednesday. Um and ah, NXT the Wednesday Night Wars. The Wednesday yeah, Wednesday night wars. But we gotta talk about NXT. We'll touch a little bit on AEW. Overall thoughts over you AEW know, and touch SmackDown. A bit not on AEW. Yeah, because on the second show they actually divulged into everything that happened with AEW. So, if you guys want to hear that show, just go to the previous episode. So, okay. <laughs> so NXT, um, I really loved this because this was something that should have been announced a long time ago, but it just never has. Uh, they're referring to it as combat action and not sports entertainment. And I like that terminology way better than sports entertainment. You know what I mean? Everybody hated the sport. Yeah. So what do we start with first? We start off with Matt Riddle versus Adam Cole for the NXT title. That shit was straight fire. That whole match was great. It was great. fire. It definitely was fire. So we and, had a... But here was my only problem with that match. And I'll touch on this when we cover some of the AEW stuff, too. In that match, it was straight fire. Like, you know, I was thoroughly entertained. Um, not a lick. They kind of threw psychology out the window later in the match. If you watched the match already, then here's spoiler alert. Um, Adam Cole hit two passes and lost Honest to God, should only took one, and that should have been in the fucking match. I am so tired of people kicking out of the goddamn Canadian Destroyer. <laughs> Listen, people. It is a term called psychology. And in WWE, last time I checked, it does still exist. If I, in real life, hit a fucking front flip and drove your skull into the ground, you're dead. At worst. At best, you have a fractured skull and you're not getting up anytime soon. How do you end a match? How do you win a match in, in pro wrestling? You need to make somebody's shoulders stay on the ground for three seconds. Three fucking seconds. It takes three seconds to win a match in a professional wrestling match if you're going to pin someone. So if I drove somebody's skull into the ground, you think they'd go and get up quicker than three seconds? No. Do you even think that they're going to move? But I digress. All right, moving on. It ends. And this is where I have a problem with. Okay. So early in the match, if you don't know, it supposedly Adam Cole had a wrist fractured or broken from the Fujiwa armbar in the, I would say, in, in, the, in last week's show. Okay, so he comes with the thing on his hand. Now, somewhere along the lines, like in the beginning of the show, as he forearms Matt Riddle, he has the cast on. So the referee warns him, hey, you can't hit him with that cast. That's illegal. And then Adam Cole turns to the referee and says, and slaps his forearm. I hit him with my forearm. I didn't hit him with the cast. Okay. Matt Riddle eventually got a Fujiwa armbar, which, in case you didn't know, he stayed in the submission for a very long time. I don't know if you ever had, like, a fractured bone or 
a broken bone in your hand or wrist. I have. It fucking hurts. So, to not tap out <laughs> while being in that submission for a long time, they can say one or two things. Like, this isn't real. This guy has a lot of heart. But I'll digress. Moving on. The end of the match. This is how the match ended. Adam Cole went upside Matt Riddle's head with the fucking cast in front of the referee. Ladies and gentlemen, in case you don't know, a foreign object in the match in a disqualification. Especially when he was already. But the match continued after he hit Adam Cole. After he hit, I'm sorry, after Adam Cole hit Matt Riddle upside his head with the fucking cast in front of the referee's face, blatantly, he then hits Matt Riddle with another Panama Sunrise and then the last shot and pins him for the one, two, three. Great fucking match. Hated the fucking ending. But ultimately, I would say the better show out of AEW and NXT was clearly NXT. Now, as far as viewership, they blew NXT out of the fucking war. But also, you have to take in part that it's their first show. And they've been building up to this premiere for a while. So, of course, everybody's going to tune it's going to be like. Let's see what this looks like for the second I want to see how different the viewership changes or if it stays the same. Like, sorry, I took all that time. <laughs> so, yeah, so the match ends one, two, three with the last shot. Um, but what made it even crazier was that Finn Balor returned and uh, told the crowd that from going forward, Balor is NXT, which is kind of cool. I don't have a problem with that. Because yeah, I like Balor. He's being not back. being used. I'm about to say he ain't being used on fucking <laughs> Raw. <laughs> Right. Or, or SmackDown. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so Velveteen Dream comes out, so, cuts a promo after that. Um, and then we can jump into our next match, which was another great match. Io Shirai versus Mia Yim. And if you didn't know, it felt like a mini takeover because every match was really good on NXT. All the, all the matches was very good. It wasn't a bad match on NXT. And no. Mia Yim versus Io Shirai was a very entertaining match. Um, listen, if you already watched, you already know. If you didn't watch it, I'm not even going to spoil it for you. Go enjoy the show. Rewatch it on, on the WWE Network. Go to your DVR and rewatch it. Every last match on NXT was a very good match. I had no problem with any of the matches other than, Matt Riddle, other than how Matt Riddle and Adam Cole ended. Um, I'm going to spoil all the matches for you. I'll just be honest. Oh, God. You're, so, you're, a terrible, you're a terrible human being. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to talk about this. So Io Shirai wins with a backflip on Mia Yim. Uh, but we'll tell you guys the ending, but you guys watch the match because they were really great matches. After that, we saw Scott Hall and Kevin Nash were in the crowd, you know, doing our two sweet thing. Of course. Um, there was a promo for Tegan Knox. I love Tegan Knox. She's, I know you. She's got the shiniest wizard. <laughs> <laughs> um. Next up, we had Johnny Gargano versus Shane Thorne. Another solid match. I thought this was a great showing for Shane Thorne because um, it is it is Johnny Wrestling. So anytime you get to tag your name in there, of course we knew who was going to win this match anyway. Not to spoil it for you guys, Gargano wins. Anyway, um, <laughs> but he won with the DIY super kick. I think that's something that we have to like say in there, right? Because it wasn't like... He won with a slingshot DDT, like I've seen him win 
And it's not like you went with the Gark Analog. It was specific, right? We'll touch back on that in a second. Uh, match number four, Candice Ray versus Shayna Baszler. Uh, this was another great match. Solid match. Uh, women's solid match. And NXT I know title. Chris Kazama, if you listen to the show, I love you. But I know you love Shayna Baszler, but it's time for her to drop the band. It's, this it's is time. starting to become OD. It's starting <laughs> to become OD. I love Shayna, and I'm not going to let anybody tell me differently. I love Shayna Baszler. I think she's the best goddamn thing in NXT right now. However, it it needs to come to an it it has to because listen, she ain't got nothing else to do. There's nobody else to beat. There's nobody you know, else to beat. You know, she didn't no, beat them all. I would. This was a someone brought this idea up, and I really liked the idea. She's not being used right now, so why not bring Oscar back to NXT? Uh, because they're she's part of the tag team. Warriors. No, really? And I they, haven't seen that. Uh, I neither have I. Neither neither, neither <laughs> have I. I got to bring I'm back to bring back Kyrie would love, Sane I would love and to see Asuka it. to NXT needs to happen. I would say I wouldn't mind seeing Asuka back in NXT. The only reason that would make me mind is well, number one, it'd be a great match. So I don't mind. But if it's she's the one who wins the fucking title, then we gotta go two years with Asuka as fucking champion again. I'm losing my shit. <laughs> I, don't, I don't need her to win a title. I just want another showcase match for Shayna. I'm about to say, like you have, you have talent, you have talent underneath Shayna Baszler that is more than worthy. Candice LeRae is more than worthy to hold the title. Yep. I wouldn't put it on her just yet. For the simple fact that she hasn't really—I don't know—I don't know if you noticed, she doesn't wrestle a lot of matches on NXT television. But what you don't see is that she is one of the better wrestlers on the damn roster, if not the better wrestler. The right. best wrestler on the damn roster, besides Shayna Baszler. Um, but I digress. So after that match, we had Kushida and Walter being promoted, or uh, had a promo for their match that's going to be next week, which I'm extremely Hi. hyped. <laughs> God, I'm hyped for that match. Um, oh, Walter's going to kill that poor Asian kid. Oh my God. <laughs> the, the, oh, former six time, <laughs> the former six-time junior, heavywe- uh, junior heavyweight, I... WGP he's, heavyweight he's champion. He's going to die. He's going to get. He's going to die. The first he chop. die. Everybody's going to feel it. <laughs> Pete Dunn versus Danny Birch was the next match up. This was a great solid his match shaky, for His shaky eyes style. is going to open all the way up. He's going <laughs> to die when Walter chop him. It's, Jesus Christ. I feel so bad for the kid. Like I call him kid when he's an old. When he's a grown ass man. I think Kushida's in his like fucking 30. <laughs> so, but Jesus Christ. <laughs> so <laughs> Pete Dunn. Pete Dunn won the match against Danny Birch, um, but then oh, Pete Dunn got attacked by Damian. <laughs> Damian Priest came through. No, no, you're not about to skip over this motherfucking no. match. You're not. You're not going to skip over Danny. You're Birch a, Pete no. Dunn you're way it. excited. You're way that too excited about. Hot. You're excited about what happened with Walter and Kushida and the chops. I know this match. Fans need to go watch this match. This match was a prime example of why British strong style is so lit. Um, so that's why I was like, you know what? He won the match, and I'm going to let Logan just have his time talking about how hard Koshida's going to get hit in the chest. Um, <laughs> so, Damian Priest did come through in the match. He did attack Pete Dunne after the win. Um, telling you guys, the psychology that Pete Dunne has for NXT, like the system as well as his wrestling, is amazing. I'm so glad that he's around. So for some of you guys who 
haven't seen this match yet, please go. And then Danny Perch is just he's so he's just a great veteran. Honestly, I love watching him do his thing. I call Pete Dunn the British version of Shawn Michaels. <laughs> he definitely he's yeah. He's earned, yeah. I feel as though he earned, he's earned that that title. Like he's he's British Shawn Michaels, but he's the only Pete Dunn. The man does not have a bad match ever. I've never watched a, a Pete Dunn match and was not entertained. Yeah, I can like, agree to that. For fuck's, for fuck's sake, for him to be so young and Tyler Bate to be so young, like, I believe me and Pete Dunne is the same age. He is head and shoulders, one of the best wrestlers in the fucking world. Right. I I, I agree. Honestly. I love watching him do his thing. Like, a lot of the guys from, that shit. <laughs> A lot of British wrestlers and, um, that are coming out are just amazing. Like, I love Pete Dunne, Tyler Bates, Will Offspray, like, those guys just blow my mind. I just like watching them do their thing. I think that's the reason why I'm. This guy's not British, but uh, keep your keep your keep your eye on this guy. Um, I I love I love him. I think if you look more into him, you'll love him too. Jordan Devlin is a future WWE UK champion. Yeah, he's he's really as good as he said that he. Trust me, trust me on that. So that's that's, that's your sleeper right there. <laughs> don't believe me go watch Pete Dunne versus Jordan Devlin for the WWE title just watch uh, treat yourself Jordan Devlin versus Finn Balor like that was an amazing match at U- uh, NXT UK Blackpool yeah, this, this is this is this is this is not even a match that was on WWE programming but watch Jordan go. Devlin versus David Starr oh my god over the top for over the top pro wrestling in Ireland watch amazing. Jordan Devlin versus Walter and over the top, and over the top Irish pro wrestling over in Ireland. The guy's is literally the Irish ace. He really is. As good as he say he is, don't believe me. Just watch future WWE UK champion. Moving so, on to the main event, I believe that Adam Cole cuts this promo first, right? And everybody's talking about getting focused. Then we get into the match, right? So this is Undisputed Era versus mm-hmm. Street Profits for the tag team titles, which Street Profits came out with Wale, who obviously is a huge wrestling fan. A lot of people, they probably didn't even know who Wale was, but some some of the wrestling fans definitely knew who he was. Um, this match was just a back-and-forth fest of amazement. Um, but there was a point where uh, Undisputed Era did cut off the ring to Montez Ford, and wouldn't let him tag in Angelo, which is great psychology. I definitely love seeing that. It's a very WWE-esque match, because I feel like that's what they always do. But they make it it's so entertaining. storytelling, my dear well, Watson. <laughs> thanks, thanks there, Sherlock. But um, everything everything is put into into a great place. And I love watching it, because you know, Kyle O'Reilly, as well as Fish, um, Bobby, they... Uh, Red Dragon, baby! They can... <laughs> They can sell those matches where you're like, yo, I legitimately feel like you're just beating the shit out of somebody. And I love watching everything you do in this match. So I definitely give like a lot of love uh, to, to those guys when they do. Um, Montez tags in Dawkins. Dawkins runs wild. He does his thing. Um, eventually, Undisputed Eric get him back. Uh, then we see uh, Roderick Strong come to interfere in the match. He gets speared Thumbs by Dawkins. Out, push at, on the apron, dope spot. Causes yep. enough 
enough commotion to let Bobby Fish recover, push Montez Ford off the ropes, then goes in the ring with Kyle O'Reilly and hits the total elimination on Montez Ford and wins the match. They win dirty, but amazing match nonetheless. So what really makes this match even, well, I don't want to say it makes this match better. So what makes this segment more memorable, right, was mm-hmm. Adam Cole was sitting on top of the stage while Undisputed Era, it, the rest of Undisputed Era is in the ring. They're celebrating. Like, you know, my yeah, like my boys won still champs. I'm a champ. Yeah, yeah go so, me. And then boop, we hear boop, the heartbeats boop, boop, boop. of the black heart. Oh, my goodness, man. Tommaso. Champa. I'm gonna tell you right now. Enter Tommaso <laughs> Champa. Let me tell you and right now. I'm looking at it. I have the sides. I have you have Finn Balor on one side. Finn Balor on one side. Tommaso Champa on one side. Johnny Gargano is still down there. Keith Lee is still down there. Pete Dunne is down there. Yeah. What are you gonna do? There's a lot of sharks. I do believe we're going to see an amazing triple threat between Finn Balor, Tommaso Ciampa, and Adam Cole. And I can't wait for that shit. I'm interested to see what's next for Keith Lee. Obviously, we see Pete Dunne is going to be working Damian uh, Priest for the upcoming months. I am very much invested in what I'm seeing. But yeah, and, so... Oh, let's not forget about Imperium, people. They're down on NXT television, too. Maybe are they going to be pulling double duty? Are they going to be on NXT television and NXT UK? Is Pete Dunne also going to be still in NXT UK? Is Ray Ripley still going to be in NXT UK? The questions that all need answers. Yeah. So what's crazy is like the the way that NXT ended was everybody was hyped. I'm gonna li- I'm not gonna lie. I had goosebumps, mad mad goosebumps when I heard the the heartbeats in the background. And you're right, there's a lot of sharks swimming right now in NXT, so NXT for the next few weeks, months, is going to have a lot of lot of great matches coming up. So, give me your overall thoughts on SmackDown, really quick. Are we just going to skip AEW? No, because I'm saving that. Not, so Saving that? Yeah. SmackDown, Smack Dizzy. Season premiere of SmackDown. Starts off with Stephanie McMahon and Vince McMahon coming out welcoming everyone to SmackDown on Fox. And it's always good to see Vince McMahon. Love him, hate him. The man's a fucking genius. He's a legend in the goddamn. And honestly, nobody deserves more than this man. If we're completely honest. Um, SmackDown's entrance theme dope the pyro was dope and then enter Becky Lynch she comes out has a really dope ass entrance on that really dope ass stage Baron Corbin comes out and before Corbin can even get in the ring the rock music hits and the crowd goes wild hey LA was hot man that crowd was on fire all night into the great one the most electrifying man in sports and entertain. You know what? I wasn't going to do it, but I'm going to do it anyway. Enter the Jabroni Green. La la la! Pie eating. Trailblazing. Auto raising. All around. Smack them down. People's chant. The Rock enters the building. And the crowd goes wild. 
And he's 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 doing the the greatest hits of the rock. Does his whole spiel. Becky Lynch gets in there, and they wind up beating the hell out of Baron Corbin. And we even got a people's elbow and a rock bottom, and the shit just the shit was hot. But unfortunately, that was the best thing that happened that night. <laughs> so, yeah. So all of that happened. Long story short, right? SmackDown gave a new set. It was how I really felt was that someone put lipstick on a pig and hoping that they would call it something different. Um, that shit was trash. Yeah. So the rest of the show just kind of blah after like that great entrance. I will say this, right? And unfortunately, it was lost on a lot of people, except maybe for. Oh, people. I'm sorry. Um, Kevin Owens and Shane McMahon had an amazing match. They had, they had a, lot of a Shane McMahon match. I don't want to say it was an amazing match. They had a Shane McMahon match. They had big spots. People got into it. They did their job. Like we enjoyed it. But if really, it was a Shane match. Um, I will say though, the show went through the whole way. No one, like, the Tyson Fury thing. It just it was lost on me only because it didn't make sense. It wasn't lost. I'm, I'm very, I'm very intrigued. No, no, uh, no. Because Tyson Fury is a very I, entertaining. I lost interest. Person. I lost interest in it because you have the United States champion, the Raw Tag Team champions, Randy Orton, the Miz, and Heavy Machinery all sitting in the ring, and then Braun gets the entrance. Only gets the entrance. He's the only one that got an entrance. And then you start this whole feed with Tyson hey, Fury, who just happens to be on the side. Kevin Owens didn't even get an entrance, buddy. No, that's my problem, though, is that. All these big name players don't get entrances, but you know what I mean like it just like Charlotte didn't get an entrance. Like you're talking about Charlotte did get an entrance. She did not. She was already she in the did. ring when they came back from commercial. No, she wasn't. Um, she got an entrance. No, because I wrote it down that she didn't get an entrance. Charlotte, Charlotte, she and she definitely got an entrance because they put up the, that whole. Uh... That whole hologram shit for it. Oh, yeah, yeah, they did. Definitely got it. It was a bum entrance. That? Anyway, so it just, a lot of people just didn't get, like, I don't know. I didn't feel like a lot of people got their showcase like they should have. Um, but I digress. Anyway, I'll go back. Um, I think my favorite segment of the night, which was. Match. No, we're not talking about that. That was, it was a Roman <laughs> Reigns match. Um, I anyway, over overall I thought SmackDown was was fair. I don't want to say it was good. But the one moment that got lost on people was the very end, right? Where Oh my god, and this what really pissed me off. First of all, we disrespected Kofi Kingston's whole title reign in a matter of seconds. Uh, and then do we, we got to cover this? I'm, no, we're I'm, not even covering the match cuz that's what I said. We I'm about to say here, match. <laughs> here, let's 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 do it like this, right? You guys want to hear it? Brock came out, Kofi came out, Kofi got pinned. That's it. End of match. So that's the end of the match. Um, Rey Mysterio realized my fucking problem. I'm gonna get this shit off. God damn it. <laughs> Listen, AJ Styles had at least a 15 minute match with Brock. Daniel Bryan at least had a 15 minute match with Brock Lesnar. Finn Balor at least had a 15 minute match with Brock Lesnar. You mean tell me Kofi ain't even earned 
10 minutes? Five minutes? It's not like it was a secret that he was fucking dropping because we can tell what the fuck was going to happen in, in the first place. But you let Brock beat me five, six seconds. And not only does now he have no option to even get a fucking rematch, because now he's at the lowest end of the fucking totem pole because the next match that's going to happen, the next title match that's going to happen, Brock's first defense, is going to be against Cain Velasquez and Crown Jewel. In which case, enters a Cain Velasquez that's only been training for about a year or so and has about maybe two wrestling matches that we know about under his uh, under his banner. And yes, is he a star? Will he bring a lot of... Will he, will he, will he put asses in the seats? Yes. The band can't talk. I don't know if he can sell. And I don't know if he can tell this story writes itself because it's, the, I would say it's the second to last man that whooped Brock Lesnar's ass and, and took Brock Lesnar's heavyweight. Now, if you're going to follow a storyline, then you would have to fucking put the belt in Cain Velasquez because we all know Brock can't see Cain Velasquez. He couldn't be Cain Velasquez on the day. And that was before his UFC had USADA, so he was all the way loaded up and all that other bullshit. Came last kids, came fuck out. You know where I think though? I think I think there's gonna be a rematch tonight, right, with Kofi and Brock. And I hope at some point um Cain Velasquez causes the loss to Brock so that Kofi gets this title back and then it takes this title or this match of Brock versus Kane into Survivor Series. Because Brock doesn't need the title. It's pointless for him to have the title in this match against Cain Velasquez if that's going to be his first I will say this. Opponent. Um, until that strap comes off of Brock Lesnar and back on a full-time wrestler's waist, I will not be tuning in to SmackDown. Yeah, I mean, I can understand Sorry, that. I will not. So, I will not do it. I'm, 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 it, it's, it's SmackDown. It's WWE. All right, give me your quick. We need a quick rundown over AEW of what you thought of the production. You maybe you can even talk about your favorite match, but let's kind of get like uh, a quick. Clearly, my honest to God, my favorite match that wasn't unfortunately. I'm gonna maybe don't. So, Samo versus Darby Allen. Oh, that's right. I forgot you were at the show. Yeah, I was at the show. No, um, but um, again, as far as television match, my first, my favorite match is between um, Pac and Hangman and Cody versus Sammy Guevara. I love that match. Both those matches are very solid. I don't think Pac and Hangman got enough fucking love because you know, unfortunately, I think the crowd doesn't understand the storytelling. I don't I, think. I personally don't think. I don't think the DC crowd even knew. Pac was. <laughs> no, you know what? I, it sounds okay. I'm gonna be honest because I said this before. I didn't really know who Hangman Page was, right? Obviously, knew who Pac was because I've watched WWE. I knew who Neville was, and even like King Neville at that time. I think what it is is the crowd isn't really vibing with Hangman Page, and I say that because the first match I watched with Hangman was the Battle Royal. And I was like, oh, this is great. I really like this. He's really cool. I love his. I love a lot of things that, that he does. That was the first time that you've seen Hangman? It was. It was. But 
Hear me out first. Was it really? Was yeah. the first time I seen Hangman? Yep, honest Jeez. to God. So then the next match that I saw was Hangman Page versus uh, Pack at WrestleGate. And I was like, oh. okay, this is it's a, a good match. I don't want to say it's it's this incredible match that everybody's been hyping up. And then I saw him at... No, it was, was it? not. No, it no, no. Rough. Hear me out. So Fighter Fest came and... um. He wrestled, was it Darby Allen? Was that the Darby Allen, Joey Janela, MJF match? And I was like, okay, well, this was a, was a decent match. Hangman, no, he, Hangman, I believe, wrestled Kip Sabian at Fighter Fest. Was that at Fire Fest or was that Fight for the Fallen? No, yeah, you're right. That was at Fight for the Fallen. Because in that Fight for the Fallen, I saw him wrestle and I was like, yeah, you know what? I was like, maybe it is. Maybe it is I just not I'm not I'm not connecting with Hangman Page. And then I saw him at All Out Possibly. with Chris Jericho and I was like, yeah, I'm not connecting with Hangman Page. It's well, and, there's and, there's and something missing. Well, yeah, Sorry. but there's there's something missing with Hangman Page. There's just he has all these factors, right? That he will be a future mm-hmm. AEW champion and I do not deny that he's going to be a superstar. I just think there's something right now that's just not connecting. And I've, I've watched the Be In The Elite series. I've watched all of his promos. There's just something that's just not vibing. And I don't know what it is. I'm not quite, I don't have my finger on it yet. But there's just something missing with Hangman. And I'm like, you have great ability. Your wrestling is solid. And it's far superior than what I've seen in from like other wrestlers. I was like, your promos, eh. Could use a little bit more work to them. Um, but overall, I was like, there's just there's one thing that's missing, and I don't know what it is that would get me to be like, you know what? There's your guy right there. I just think maybe it's time. That that definitely could be the thing. But I'm not sure what it is about Hangman yet. You didn't like the match with him versus Kip Sabian at uh, Fight for the Fallen? I didn't. And even if I did, it would have be, it would have been because of Kip Sabian. Like, so the match at Dynamite, I, I asked this question to another friend of mine. I said, what did you think of the Hangman versus uh, Pac match? And he said, he's like, oh, it was one of my favorite matches. Hangman is the man. I was like, you think? And he's like, yeah. I was like, I wondered how much of the match was Hangman and how much of the match that was being carried was Pac. And I really wondered yeah. that part. And which is the reason why I kind of say, like, uh, I'm not, I don't know if I'm 100% sold on Hangman just because of Pac, right? It, and Pac is a presence. He has this presence about him that most wrestlers don't have. And maybe that's well, what whenever you get a chance, this is what I want you to look up. And um, it seems like you, you're probably, I would say, you what, you've only been, like, deep diving and wrestling outside of uh, WWE for about maybe a year now? Uh, Yeah. Year, year and a half. All right, so, all right, so this is what I'll give you because I'll give you some of my favorite matches, but this is the match that got me sold. Whenever you get a chance, watch, look up the match: Hangman versus Adam Cole, ROH. Adam Page versus Adam Cole is the last match that Adam Cole did on ROH television before he came to WWE. Watch that match, and then tell me what you think. I will. I'll if definitely check it out. More, I would say if I need if you need me to give you, you need me to give you more, you can watch 
I would say you can watch uh, some of the stuff that he did on New Japan. You can watch more of his stuff from ROH. He had a stint where he was six-man tag champs with uh, the Bucks in ROH. He had a stint where, yeah, I think it's Michael Elgin in New Japan, the G1. That was one of my favorite matches was Hangman versus Michael Elgin. Yeah, I digress. Hangman is a very, very good talent. Now, as far as like, as far as promo wise, he leaves a lot to 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 want. In, in, as far as his promos, but as far as his ending work, I think that's wrestlers on the roster. But see, and that's where that's where I'm coming from, though, is that I and I'll go back and I'll watch all those matches because I definitely and like I said, I think. Hangman is a future superstar. He could be a future superstar in any promotion. Obviously, Ring of Honor and New Japan, if they saw something in him, they saw something in him. I'm just I'm just waiting for it to click for me. And it there's lots of guys who are very talented that I just I don't click with cuz I'm and, and it's me personally. Mm-hmm. I just don't click with. And I'm like it's okay. Like and I understand that. Other people are going to appreciate Hangman Page way more than I will. And I don't and that's what I'm trying to say like I don't I don't not like him, right? Does that make sense? Like, I do like yeah. watching him wrestle. It just, there's just something that just doesn't click. And it's not like, uh, oh, this is going to be the man. I just, I don't know what it is. I love his presentation. I love the fact that he does cowboy shit. I love the fact that he can do a standing, <laughs> standing shooting star press. I love his ability to go outside the ring and do wild ass flips. I love his ability to be in the ring and do great wrestling. I love his his finishers. I love, I love all the stuff that he does. It's just, there's, I think there's just something about him that's just not clicking yet. And I don't know what it is, but well, maybe you want to take a look more on his personal life to try to understand. The, and I will. It, it'll, it'll be one of those things I do. I'm going to say, cause if I think, Hey, like, cause you said, like after you watched Lacey, I the person. He became more of a fan. Whereas though, like Hangman, like you can you can attach yourself to the Bucks and Kenny Omega, they dive into their personal life and you pretty much see it with their lives through being the. Whereas though Hangman doesn't really get too personal and they know too much about him. There's still a lot about who Adam paid. But and you know what? Ultimately, I think it's because. See, like I didn't, I and and you you already mentioned it that I've been outside of wrestling for outside of WWE for about a year now, and I didn't know Kenny Omega like that, but I've heard the name, and once I started watching his matches at New Japan, like I became more and more of a fan, and I I've seen his his promos, and I've seen what he's been able to do, I've seen him go through the cleaner stage, I've seen him do the the vengeance with Okada, I've seen all the matches and stuff. And I bought in because there was something about him that I just gravitated to. And it's it's yeah. kind of like the opposite with Hangman. Like, he just, I don't know. And and I'm sure the more I watch him, the more I'll, I'll, I'll gravitate to him, like you said. You know? We'll see. But um, outside of that, what did you think of the return of Jake Hager to wrestling? Ah, uh, um, okay. Um, I hated that segment. <laughs> um, listen, I was at the show, so I paid my hard earned money to be there. And it was my first time, unfortunately. Like, unfortunately for me, it was my first time to be able to see Kenny Omega and the young brother. 
live. And, like, you know, they're going against, like, Ruiz and Santana and Chris Jericho. Like, I know this match is about to be fire. You feel me? And I'm ready. I'm strapped in. I'm invested. You feel me? Like, I am uberly ready for this match. You know, Kenny Omega's in there. He's doing Kenny Omega things. The Young Bucks getting there. They, they super kick around for a little bit. And then Kenny Omega's about to do his patented Rise of the Terminator. Tope Con Hilo dive outside the ring. And then come John Knox. And John Knox then attack Kenny Omega in front of the referee. So, to all my wrestling fans, in a regular six man tag match, you have outside of What does that match result in? Disqualification is the end. Guess what didn't happen? There was no disqualification. John Moxley then attacks Kenny Omega, dragging him basically to the back where there's a lounge area, and then gave him the paradigm shift or the death rider, if you will, through the glass table. I'm like, fine. I don't care about that, but this is obviously a disqualification. With Kenny Omega taken out of the match, Obviously, the Young Bucks are going to lose. I was thinking maybe the Cody was going to come running out, replacing them, replacing Kenny Omega in the match. But that didn't happen. Um, the Young Bucks just kind of fought three on two. All right, cool. So I know the result of this match. There's no way the Young Bucks are going to come out as victorious. I'm immediately uninvested in it. Then... They go to, the match ends with Chris Jericho hitting the Judas effect and paying them one, two, three. Then Cody comes running out as they try to attack the Bucks after. Then Sammy comes out and attacks Cody. And then Goldust comes out. I'm sorry. Um, Dustin Rhodes comes out in full gear, might I add. Just so anybody is, so, so that everybody's clear here, Dustin did not have a match that night. In any of the darkness. None of the darkness. And he comes out in full gear. Okay. Then starts doing his power slam thing. And their big reveal of the next person that comes out. Is Jake Hager. Also known as Jack Swagger. And I'm there. He got a huge pop. From the crowd. Extremely huge pop from the crowd. I just want to let everybody fucking know. Um, y'all realize that Jack Swagger is just an okay wrestler, right? But what that really let me know is this. The AEW crowd will pop for anything that they do. I went to the bathroom, <laughs> my guy, after that, after that spot, after, after, after the show ended, then the Dark Knight started. I went to the bathroom. I went to the bathroom, I grabbed me a beer, and while I'm in the bathroom, a guy is just like, oh, they got Jack Swagger now? WWE is fucking done. I was like, I was like, hey, retard, you realize that they still have Adam Cole, Roderick Strong, Red Dragon, like, Keith Lee, Donovan Dijak, fucking Punishment Martinez, fucking, uh, fucking Shayna Baszler, fucking Finn Balor, fucking Chopper, fucking... Matt Riddle, like, they still have all of these stars on NXT.
Who the yeah. fuck is Jack Swagger to any of them? Nothing or nobody. Somebody who failed in WWE. You wouldn't necessarily. Oh, yeah, I, I call it that. He had the title. What it was worth. Yeah. But yeah. And this is your big nail in the coffin. Would have really been a big surprise if they had signed, like, you know, Kane Velasquez. Because Kane Velasquez is doing very good for himself at Triple A. And he, you can see that he's going to be something. In fact, Cody Rhodes is in a match with Kane Velasquez at Triple Mania. And a six man tag match. He, he was Kane Velasquez's partner. Like, that would have been a big signing. Um, I don't know if OVE's contract is up, but if like you'd introduce Ohio versus everything or Ohio is for killers, whichever one you want to call them, into the AEW crowd, like you know, that's a game changer. If you sign Tessa Blanchard, that's a game. Yeah, this isn't a game changer. No, no, no. And I guess what it is, it's just it's funny because it's almost like AEW kind of they fell into the same trap for a little bit with TNA where they would sign like mid-card guys from WWE and try to push them as main stars. I don't know if Jake is that dude, especially because like right now he's 2-0 and in the Bellator versus a couple, and we'll call him. We'll, we'll call him what it is. We'll call what it is. Right now, that's going to be that's going to be their monster. Yeah, he's that's what the they're hoping. The he's, the, he's the biggest guy on, the, on their roster other than Luchasaurus. Yeah. For now. We'll see what happens <laughs> here in the future. I would say if we're going to be completely honest, he's the yep. only he's the only person with like some legitimacy about him. You feel me? Yeah. Yeah, he did look like a monster amongst all those other guys. But that is, I mean, it is what it is. AEW show though, like production wise, I thought was very well done. Um, overall, I thought the structure, everything going was on the match matches were good. Um, there was a couple hiccups, obviously, but this is their first show, and I can excuse that for now. Um, if it gets down to like their fifth or sixth show, and they're still having the same problems, I'm not going to be okay with that. And it just it appeared to me that um, they're going to be airing their dark match. Yeah, so. Could. Unfortunately, because of the person I was with, I won't say his he, he has a fucking gripe against Marco Stein. See why? <laughs> um, <laughs> I I missed the, the Luchasaurus match, the Luchasaur like the Jurassic Express versus um, SCU. SCU. I missed that match. However, I was there for you know Bea Priestley, which is Will Ospreay's girlfriend, and Penelope Ford. Which, like it just occurred to me that she's no longer George Mella, so that was. Versus um, Allie and Adam Cole's wife, whose name escapes me. Britt Baker. Yeah, Britt Baker. And tag match. When I tell you that match was not good at all, it was rough. Well. Then they had an eight-man tag match, which had the Lucha Brothers and Jack Evans and Angelico, which is Best Friends and Private Party. Now, on paper, this match sounds super exciting. I tell you, a lot of botches, a lot of fuck ups that I hope gets added out. 
Well, it, it just felt thrown together. Just it didn't feel like they sat back, planned. Just felt like. And that's what I was saying. Like production-wise, there was a lot of hiccups, a lot of botches that were going on. So hopefully, like going towards the future, like these guys can kind of clean that up. Uh, but I don't. I, I don't. I won't knock it for the first show. Like it, even like in the Riho match, they had the same problems. So there was a, a lot of botches, but. It was a premiere. It was the first time, so I was like, "All right, I can excuse all this I'm, for will, now." I will not speak on this because people will hate me, and I'll have to be a heel for the rest of my life. So <laughs> <laughs> I will not speak. We won't have to speak on the match. And I, will, I won't speak on the Riho and Nala Rose match. I will not do so. Well, we do have so. Hell in a Cell tonight. There's um, been four matches yeah. announced for it. Who are your winners for the matches tonight? Um, if they're smart, you got to push the fiend. If if they're smart, got to push the fiend. Um, I believe. Uh, what? I think they were trying to. I don't know. With Sasha, this is this is a bit. Since Sasha's come back, she hasn't really done. Then for me to say that she should be main title picture, your character work is extremely rough. Not polished. Your promos are not good. Um, why should I put the title on when I have Becky at this point? You haven't shown me to show me why you should be champ. Do I think she's a very talented person? Yes, absolutely. When she was faced, like I felt like her. Well, number one, she barely fucking talked. I can see why. <laughs> it's Blatantly, I mean, that promos are, are, are rough, hard, and it shouldn't be that way for somebody who's been wrestling for as long as. She but she needs some work. Do I think that they're gonna wind up pulling the trigger with her? Yes, but if they if they're smart, I wouldn't. Now Bailey, I believe Bailey's gonna wind up dropping to Charlotte. Because Charlotte has, uh, she's lost pretty much ever since she's joined forces with Sasha. Cleanly, might I add, which doesn't make sense. But I digress. <laughs> All right, so. I think they're going to wind up putting Charlotte, putting, ba- putting Charlotte over Bailey in. And I think what I originally thought before, like, you know, putting all my details, I thought Sasha was going to wind up being Becky and then. Becky goes to SmackDown. Charlotte stays on SmackDown. Bailey and Sasha are both on Raw. So on and so forth. And what was the other match? You got Roman Reigns and and Daniel Bryan versus Luke Harper and Eric Rowan. I believe that Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan are going to wind up. Eric Rowan and Luke Harper very cleanly, unless somehow they wind up swerving this where Daniel Bryan basically turns on Roman Reigns and joins forces with Luke Harper and Eric Rowan. So, give you my rundowns. I have Sasha, I have uh, Daniel Bryan, and actually I have Luke and Eric winning, uh, Charlotte, and then The Fiend. Those are, my, those are my picks. So, with that being said, we'll cover those on Thursday. Uh, Hell in a Cell as well as Raw and NXT but you actually said you don't have no social media so I guess 
if fans wanted to reach out to you and talk to you, how would they find you? I'll tell you what. If any fans want to reach out to me right now, hopefully, and maybe this is going to be my way of getting back on the show, I want them to send questions to you, and I want you to ask me those questions live and on the air at the next podcast. How about that? <laughs> okay. So you guys can find me at all your favorite social media platforms at CM underscore Miller 85. You guys can actually find me, and that's everything, Snapchat, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, whatever. Find me. Talk to me. You can also find me here, of course, with Frankensteiner. You can find me on Get the KO as well as Nerds Around Table. And you guys can, uh, yeah, just reach out. Just contact me if you want. Other than that, Logan, why don't you let them know? Yeah. Tell them bye. <laughs> All right. Hey, it was always a pleasure being on this podcast. Hopefully I'm invited back to be on this podcast and Get the KO. I enjoy chatting with my good buddy, Red Dog Clifford Miller. I enjoy being the voice to the people, for the people, by the people. <laughs> Let me stop playing, man. Hey, I always enjoy these conversations with you, man. I hope you, I hope I get a chance to be back on the show. I enjoy doing podcasts, talking wrestling, and anything MMA or fighting sports. Cool. And with that, guys. Once again. Go ahead. Oh, and with that, guys, I'm Logan. He's Cliff. And we will see you guys later.